Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Sounds delicious. Must be the afternoon here in 3 Triple R FM. Welcome. All you beautiful human beings out there, it's the sound of Brunswick coming to you. Maybe it's today, maybe it's in times gone past, but I'm delighted that uh, you are here and welcome to uh, new guy on the block <laughs> in the uh, in the seat uh, welcoming Andy here. Okay, mate. Hey, Cam. Pleasure to be here. Pressing I'll, all the buttons. I'm look, mate. I'm delighted that you can be here <laughs> to uh, give us a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit of diversity and uh, someone else, uh, another voice for the show. Uh, Matt's here as well. Hey, hey. hey Matt. Matt's uh, Matt's doing that. Uh, we do know, and you uh, passed the first prerequisite of. Uh, being by driving the bus of eater that uh, you're an eater. I am an eater. I, I I love I love to go out there and just you know eat eat stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, in our conversations before um, coming on, and and this has been something that's been thanks to COVID, we've been sort of trying to get this to happen for a few a few moons, shall we say, uh, that uh, you eat well. And uh, and very diversely, you were you were a, as well as an eater. I would actually place you as a seeker. <laughs> a seeker. Yeah, would that be because you are? You, yeah, no, you're looking around because when we had our first chats with Matt, and this, this right, Matt, uh, you were you were giving us some interesting places that you're going to go. Yeah, this place is great. I found this. I think yeah, nothing. Nothing like makes my day more than driving like two hours to eat something that's like marginally better than something I could have walked to. I think. So Here we go. The passion is strong in this si- one. The sick is strong. I have yeah, to the sick is strong, and the mileage <laughs> doesn't matter. Well, we're looking. I mean, the mileage does matter these days, unfortunately. Cost of petrol and everything, but I started taking the train. <laughs> Thank God for trains, public transport. Well, yeah, I think my uh, best one lately was um, I went all the way to uh, Geelong to go to the Hot Chicken Project to get my fill of fried chicken. Damn. Yeah. What kind of chicken? Oh, the best fried chicken in possibly the the southern part of Australia, <laughs> I'd say, after trying. Is it, I'll put it this way. The Hot Chicken Project has wrecked all other fried chicken for me. 
it's oh that God. good. That's unfortunate. No, but it's good. Amazing. No, no, it is good because of my ever increasing girth. Uh, it's probably better that I don't eat too much fried chicken, so that it becomes sort of maybe a twice a year yeah, event. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know if you want to know this or not, but I heard that in late March, yeah. my friend Dom told me this, it's really good news for anyone who enjoys the V-line, but they're capping the cost of V-lines now. Yeah. I think it's at $9 yeah. per trip or something like that. So you could I think he lives in Phillip Island and was like, Wow. Most the most value I could do is yes. by taking public transport to Echuca. Yeah. Because it would cap at nine dollars still. Yeah. But you'd make your money's worth because yeah. it would be you know, the cost per kilometer would be so marginal. But yeah, I don't know. Really? Like I feel like it just means that yeah, if you are a seeker like I am, you can now consider just going to the country, checking out a country bakery, paying ten bucks just to get there. Yep. Go home, whatever. Try the vanilla slice. Yeah, amazing. What, what, do, you, what do you look for in a country bakery? Uh, what's your criteria? What, what's the first thing you look for? I think a good sandwich that yes. involves beetroot. But, like, I feel like I also... Matt's I, nodding his head there. What about the state of the uh, the tops on... I usually look on the tops of the pies. To, yeah, and you'll get right. an idea of, what, what, you know, how, how much they... Whether they put real puff pastry on the top. Yeah, interesting. Well, where are you at with the Ned Kelly? Like, at the Ned Kelly pie? I feel like you're in a certain area of Victoria, you'll find one. Oh, well, I'm guessing Glen Rowan area. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking Beechworth. That's the one that's in my mind. Oh, the Beechworth Bakery that happens to be... That's a strange one in a way because yeah. Beechworth Bakery isn't just in Beechworth. Too. Yeah, I know. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, they're middling around. And actually, you know the guy that owns that? He's a bit interesting. <laughs> uh, in, in the fact, I remember doing a demonstration with him years ago at the Royal Melbourne Show yeah. and he was fairly... How do we put this nicely? He was sort of fairly fully caffeinated when he came on um, and he sort of throws dough around and he's a bit, yeah, and he's poking around with this serrated knife and he came and this serrated knife went, I kid you not, about an inch and a half away from my face. Oh, my God, that is (laughs) And I went, dude, that's okay. Theatrics are great, but... I need both these eyes. That's, yeah, you do. At least you like got to keep your taste regardless. You yeah, would have had to. But also I, trust the process. You know, that's a great thing. It was still a praise Jesus moment because <laughs> I still have my son. And uh, we look forward to uh, to many chats of your seeking ways in the in the future. Uh, on today's show, Waiting in the Green Room, uh, with delicious anticipation, uh, one of Matt and I favourite uh, people of food, Nikki Rima, and uh, Matt was lucky enough to have her food just yesterday, and I was jealous. Nikki Rima from Bolotta in Bank Street, South Melbourne. We're going to just have a bit of a chat. Um, I think one thing that's uh, on the agenda is the menu, and I hope that doesn't sound too cryptic. It'll make sense in a sec. The, we menu, go... the menu or the menu the movie? Menu the movie. Ooh. Sorry for uncrypticking it. You've uncrypticed it. That's okay. Uh, but then we're going to go to market uh, because we've got to catch up with John because he has moved to Sea uh, Shed at uh, the Queen Vic and this is our second show back. And then we have Thinking Drinking and Melissa Brow, the Prosecco Queen, is going to be joining us. And I've even bought a special punnet of strawberries to go with the what I hope is the offerings of Prosecco that she brings.
Let's hope she brings it. Eat it with me, Cam, Andy, driving the bus. Hey, Andy, how you doing? He's doing good. Matt's in the background going, Ray, just overseeing. And uh, and uh, it was like you had a personal microphone concierge, Nikki Rima. Lucky what an me. honour. Oh, I know. I feel very special. <laughs> it's like a special adjustment. It's like the tailor <laughs> coming up. Nikki Rima from Bellotta in Bank Street, South Melbourne. Great chef. Oh, my God. How are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. very, very good. Got a day off. I know. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm awake. I've been up, and I'm yeah. I'm yeah, good. look at you You're firing on all twelve ah, cylinders. That's it's crazy. Maybe even sixteen. We're <laughs> going to make you a V sixteen today. <laughs> um, now, uh, first of all, how has uh, it been coming back to uh, your place of work? Yeah, back to your back, <laughs> back to life, back, back to reality. Yeah, absolutely, Forget back to fantasy. Oh. Um, because. You managed to get away. You had uh, an incredible silly season. We Mm -hmm, did reach mm -hmm. out to you in November and you went, (laughs) not on your life. Do you know how busy (laughs) it was? It was quite like that. It was the polite version of that. No, that's what what you would have said in the the kitchen. I was like, (laughs) is he out of his mind? (laughs) Staring at my phone going, I wish. Yeah, you were looking at uh, five hell weeks before. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It does actually feel like it was a millennium ago, though. So it was like a a real silly season after COVID. I felt like Victoria just went. Can I say it? Apeshit crazy. Yeah, we want to come to South Melbourne. Like, it was just, <laughs> hang on a minute, let's all go out. You know? Yeah. Which was lovely. Don't get me wrong. Like, I loved all those people. And I love feeding all those people. But by the end of it, I was, <laughs> I was happy to say goodbye, people. What's that, <laughs> what's that Greg saying? Humanity I love. It's people I can't <laughs> Absolutely. stand. Absolutely. Or some people. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you get all kinds in, um, in that place in... Uh, in South Melbourne, Melbourne of the South, yes, we do actually. Yes. We have a lovely, we have lovely regulars pointing to Matt. <laughs> there we go. Yes, um, and the nice people. Absol- yes. Absolutely, but look, every restaurant would have that. Every restaurant has, you know, the peaks and the troughs of customers. I, I think. Yeah. So you know, we all have to deal with that. Unless and- you're in South Yarra, and then you got to deal with. Mm. No, that's a <laughs> deliberately provocative comment. Please. <laughs> Leave all correspondences and and things like that, but um, I do. It would be crazy to ignore mm-hmm. um, the fact that uh, you have made me incredibly jealous. In that you have spent time over Christmas, mm-hmm. not in this hemisphere. No, I know. you have gone north. I did, and you went to Japan. <gasps> It was my first time too. Like, oh, really? I felt like I'm the only person, certainly in the chef world no, of Melbourne. me, I haven't been. No, okay, been. great, no Matt's worries. has been, he's done, yes. eaten and drunk very, very well. Oh, as you can. Oh, my God. And will for yourself yes. one day, I'm sure you will. Thank you. But literally, Thank you for your faith. best, best holiday, three weeks, and I still feel three like Three weeks? I know. I was so lucky. But at the same time, I feel no, like I've know, only scratched the lucky. surface. You, oh. make, you make your luck, Nikki. And, and yes, that's it. I mean, mm. uh, Matt was saying, you know, Tokyo, it is just such a humongous place oh. that it could take a lifetime to even to <sighs> scratch the surface of that place. You'd turn a corner and go, oh, there, I need to go there. Oh, but hang on, we're heading that way. And, no, one you know, day I'll go back. No, I'll, you won't. No, You'll I forget won't. it. <laughs> It's gone. It's gone. That corner's gone. It's receded into the rearview mirror of your travels in your mind. Absolutely. Where did you go? Well, 
Oh, I did Tokyo, yep. then Kyoto and Osaka, yep. and then came back to some more time in Tokyo. Yep. And, you know, I talked to lots of friends and chefy friends and, you know, normal friends for want of a better term. Um, you got the down low. And said, okay, what should I do? I uh, Michael Ryan from Beechworth, you know, sort of said to him of provenance fame. Oh, he's probably not a, per- a bad person. He's ask. the perfect person. <laughs> yes. And I sort of sent him this email going, hey, um, hey buddy. please don't tell anyone, but it's my first time over there. And so what should I do? Yeah. And he was awesome and sent me this long email about, okay, obviously Tokyo's his first love, he said. So no, he's this. Yeah. Um, and then he said Kyoto and Osaka gave me some tips. And I managed to get s- – of the so many tips, I managed to get a few things in there um, from some Michelin star dining, and I tell you now, I've dined so much Michelin star now in my compared to anywhere I've ever done in my life in one city in Tokyo. I think um, uh, which country has the most Michelin stars? Sure. I think is Japan. It would, it could, yeah. I, I think it I is. I would be surprised. It was I just, think it is. but yeah. it's also approachable. It's not like stratosphere costs, you know. Like I can afford it. <laughs> really? And nice. I mean, it was just. And they're small, you know, they're 14-seaters. Sometimes they're Whoa. maximum of 20 seats. What was the most amazing thing you, you, you Oh, Lord, you I need to do this to me. Oh, um, yeah, yeah well, that's my job. It's really hard to Come say on. the, the <laughs> one thing. You know, there was... What was the two things? <laughs> Sam, flexible. Yeah, good. That's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. No, okay. Well, well, just oh, give gosh. me... Just, Nikki. The first thing that Seriously, comes to my yeah, mind. First thing or a highlight. Yeah, was this one sushi place we went to in actually in Osaka. Mm. And uh, the chef, I can't remember his name, but the place was called Sushi Minatsuki. And he, again, I think it had two Michelin stars or one, I'm not sure. Oh and he would have this little red uh, mm. cloth in his pocket that was folded to be like a crane, like, you know, origami. Oh, like but an it origami was crane. Yes. And it's... it was, he was him and one other guy and there was eight seats. Uh, he named it after his daughters, Mina and Suki. Yeah. Uh, and... The food was just sublime. All these perfect little hand-rolled sushi and sashimi was there as well, but mainly the, the sushi. But at the end, yeah. he start, we'd noticed in the corner that his sort of, let's say, cohort chef was cutting the tiniest, and I'm kidding, like a fingertip size of fish and prawns. And we're like, what is he doing? And, but we kept having the dinner. And then all of a sudden by the end, the chef is getting single grains of rice, and he is wrapping like a piece of prawn on oh, a single grain. Oh, stop it. No way. I'm not like a piece of mackerel on a single grain and a little, like a, a vegetable. I can't remember what it was. I like the little omelette, you know, like it's, but yeah. over each single grain. So out of the eight of us that were dining that night, there were seven women. Yeah. And all of the women got given in a little tiny bamboo basket the five pieces of hand rolled sushi that he'd done with single. Grains, grains of, of rice. rice. And my, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, can I take you home? Like, this just mind-blowing. Mind exploding. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And he said, you know, don't just, don't just take it like no English whatsoever. We got the hint. Eat it when you get back to wherever you're staying. And I lit, and I did, you know, I may have had a few drinks. I may have been a little bit, you know, soused, but I did mm. eat my little tiny little rice grains and I could taste the tuna. I could taste the mackerel. I could taste the prawn. I was just like, oh, my Lord, like just the, the care and love of food, 
that I saw from so many chefs when I was over it's there. It's like sushi making meets watchmaking. I know. It was just <laughs> insane. Just The photos don't do those things justice. No, you know, like, no it's just you have to experience. Yeah. To have the... It was in the palm of my hand, you know, this tiny yeah. little hand-wrapped little parcel to take back with me and then enjoy back at my hotel room. But it just my sister and I, who I travelled with, you know, we were just like, this is what... I've lost my mind. Yeah. It's official. Yeah. Would you go back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've made I a few Chefy friends, lots of uh, Instagramming messages and really? I will come to your restaurant when I come to Australia and yeah. vice versa. And, and it's, it's funny, speaking of um, Instagram and stuff like that, I was um, showing you something uh, at the beginning and I showed you this picture that I did the other day at Cam Smith <laughs> Eat It. And it was just a picture of a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, yeah. And, and I said, look, the reason why I put this cheeseburger on was because I'd seen this movie. And I said, I was wondering, have you seen the movie called The Menu? <laughs> the Menu, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, Andy, you seen it too? Uh, I, I can't watch horror. So, well, <laughs> it's, not that, actually, it's, not that it's horror for so many reasons, the, actually. The question, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even do hospital and I feel like the double... <laughs> The double would be, ridiculous. yeah. You'd yeah. be. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here as a normal person. You'd be under like, a doona for a week. Oh, <laughs> if Bourdain was here and still alive, he'd say you're a civilian <laughs> or a muggle. Oh yeah, muggle. <laughs> I wouldn't call you muggle. Term. No, um, but um, I was delighted to hear mm. uh, that you said that you'd seen it as well. And oh. I was just wondering, you just give. Um, we don't often do movie reviews, but there's no. not often really um, such. Well, I wonder if I'd even call it a great movie. Like, it's not I, a I great agree. movie. I agree. I agree. But there's but, some gee, it's pearls in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I feel that for Hospitality World, yeah. it is a great little insight into diners. Yes. Uh, the front of house the, the, and the back oh, of house. The, you know, that whole... Um, well, it's the altar of the chef, the, you know? the, the cult of the cult of, 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 of chef. Chefs. Yes, yeah, and absolutely. Just some great things in it that I laughed out loud in my living room. You know, apart from and cringed as well. Yes, the, the scene where the young, you know, he's the, the I love all chef. things. No, the I love oh, all the things food. Boy. The fanboy when he's um, when he's made to that cook. That would be Nicholas Holt who oh. plays Tyler. Who's and not... he did it so well. Actually, he was one of my favourites because it was yeah. cringe. Worthy to watch, you know, yes. when he chopped up his shallots and, and oh, the leeks and everything and threw it in the. I was just like, oh, I'm feeling this pain. He I can was, feel it. Um, for those that haven't seen the movie, he was he was fairly stressed <laughs> um, when he was doing this because, um, how, shall we say, the tables had been turned, turned I guess, or yeah. reversed. Yeah. And um, it's uh, if you haven't seen it, it's basically about a group of. Well, not very nice people. Yeah, none no, of us really. None of them really have redeemable right. um, things, except for maybe the the head protagonist, who mm. uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who I don't know happens to be maybe possibly one of the most beautiful She's faces in the world yes, today. So, and uh, she was perfect for that Queen role. Of, what's the ch- the question? She did the chess show, show didn't she? The, Queen's Gambit. Thank you. Queen, thank you. Thank yeah, you. She's great in that. Um, uh, unbelievable mm. in that, and she's really, really good in that. Um, but visually, it's incredible. Oh, absolutely. Uh. But we, I did talk about it with a lot of, like, in, within my kitchen, you know, there's a whole range of ages. And mm. it was interesting to sort of see what we all gleaned from it as far as what was our favourite parts or what was our scary parts. And mm. I must admit, I really um, identified a lot with the, uh, 
mm. you know, that, that, that chef and the whole thing where he was like, there will be no alterations or whatever the word he used. Oh, you right, know? Yeah. I was just like, oh, I want to do that one day. <laughs> I just want to screen that one day. And no, the younger he... ones really focused on, you know, what was happening in the kitchen and how the others behaved in the poor sous chef that, you know, it doesn't go so well, you know, when he... The sous chef, <laughs> I mean, plot, yeah, no, he... Oh, plot... Yeah, the, uh, the there was some stuff in it that kind of just like sous Whoa. chef was that was amazing. Yeah, I yeah. didn't see that. I coming. love my sous chef if she's listening. I would never do that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ask her to no, you can't. We can't give it away. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was um, uh, in insane thing. But uh, there is it culminates in the chef <laughs> making a cheeseburger. And I'm still salivating when I think about it. Isn't that crazy? It is, but but it's not because mm. it is um, this the psychology the, because it's all tied up in this Proustian psychology yes, of, of the whole thing of yes. of having the bite falling down the rabbit hole of that's memory. That's right. That's right. And yeah. you know, Proust wrote. I don't know, 800 bloody pages. Yeah. Of, you know, I, I, I never did it myself. <laughs> Remembrance of things past, but. I had to cook a cheeseburger. Did you do a cheeseburger? I haven't cooked one since then. One. Yeah. But I, I, it has made me think I need to do another one. Just at home, though. That's just. Oh, yeah. Not in a restaurant scenario. No. I need to have, like, as in, you know, I need to cook that at home. I need that bad cheese. And you're going to get the bad cheese? Absolutely. Because Ralph Fiennes um, says something. He's the, he's the chef and uh, he makes the cheeseburger and he puts two slices of American <laughs> Anato. Coloured, whatever. Yeah, whatever the hell whatever they use. Is. Whatever. Is it cheese? We don't know. Is it cheese? <laughs> and, and there's this beautiful moment where he smiles, and I have, I'm not giving too much away, mm. and the fact that he smiles. Yes. He says, I love using this American cheese because it doesn't split, split. with this thing. And it's yeah. like, he's so true. It's right. Um, what's We've got maybe a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. What's what's going on in your kitchen at the moment? Well, I just changed the menu, calling it late summer because I feel menu. like I'm all over the place with the season at the moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, put some new dishes on and have been going really well. I'm loving kingfish again and doing a really strong citrus cure on that mm. and then putting some lovely like chopped black olive capers, a little bit of pickled radish. And they're making another little daikon, yeah, yeah, and doing yeah. a lovely little just sort of citrusy ja- dressing just on your that. Japanese influence. I'm surprised Perhaps. you're not, you're not I know, doing it with Am I going? No, look, I think keep the food cost down. Yeah, I, absolutely. Those things don't grow on trees, you know. That's, oh yeah, well they do, but, actually, but they're they do, really but expensive. They, yeah, and they're not in plastic. Um, yeah. but I think Japan made me maybe not necessarily put the ingredients on the plate, but it did make me remember what I love to cook and why I love to cook. I think when you have a breakaway from a kitchen, you need that time to sort of see someone else cooking and see how they do things. What do you love to cook? Me? Yeah, was was there any times in that thing going, yeah, I can't wait to come back and get that? Yeah, I I think for me it was dealing more with raw ingredients. You oh, know, because sorry, so much. No, no, not so much. It was wrong. It was I thought like I'd Slicey, it. slicey, choppy, choppy. Slicey, um, choppy, choppy. But just that, you know, and I did go and buy myself a couple of brand new knives and I talked about... Of sh- course you did. Yeah, because I'm a nerd chef, but, you know, yeah. it, was, it was great. And it just, What shape were the knives? Oh, I can't... Were they like a vegetable knife? This is more like a long, multi-purpose. Oh, be- not a single bevel, a double yeah. bevel. So I can use it for okay. multiple things. But that whole thing of this... I know this sounds 
incredibly wanky. But for me, there's nothing better than when you slice with a sharp knife through whether it's a piece of meat or a piece of fish. And it's just like, oh, it just sings, you know, for yeah. me. It's really nerdy, but I love it. So just getting a new knife like that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting back into my kitchen. I can't wait. Go ahead to do that. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and favourite ingredient that's around at the at the moment. You know the funny thing was um, my sous chef, whose family's all in Shepparton, she brought back some white peaches from a local orchard that's still you know like the most you mean stunning. Real, you mean real ones? A real white peach. You mean the ones tray. you have to have like Kleenexes underneath to yeah, catch like the juices? Stunning and like the most bruised of them was still the most delicious of them. You know, like it was just insane. So we played around with that with some tuna. And a little yes. bit of fennel and a little bit of chilli, which was really lovely. Yes. But, yeah. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say mm. peaches, tuna yeah. and fennel? Yeah, yeah. Sounds Spring, shbang, shbang. It's, there's some. There's thing. a triangle there. And it was just, and that, that gorgeous fattiness of the tuna sort of just brought it all together. Did you fry the. No, the, just, a, just like a, a carpaccio. Slice it and then slightly rolled a little bit so it's like nice and thin. Yeah. But just the peaches of the pieces of the peaches uh, with the shaved fennel, a bit of extra virgin olive oil, a yeah. little bit of lemon, and the little chili flake. It was like everything was going on. Good. Just perfect. Are there any left? So it's off not the now. specials board. It's you know it's not. I think I shall revisit it next week. I've got a few of those little white peaches left still. All right, and if anybody wants to make a reservation, that of course is. Don't ask me the phone number. Oh no, no, just the oh, name of the restaurant. What? Um, we have no, Google these. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, they can Google this now, can't they? Yeah, yeah. Bolotta, B-E-L-L-O-T-A. Boom yes. in Bank Street, South Melbourne. There's Boom. a fairly good bottle shop next to it. If you want to get a, <laughs> it's not too uh, bad. Bag You'll of find goon. something. Yeah, like a, a goon bag or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. It's Philip Richler watching me. <laughs> <laughs> what is this or bag? Or maybe he's just in the corner. He's not listening to the radio, but he just got a, a shadow. Someone just walked over my grave. That, that's right. That Nikki, Rima, we love you here. It's so good to see you. Same. Congratulations on getting to Japan. Thank you. I will be back there at some point. Well, the counter's going up. That means we must be rolling. John, we're here at the market. It's the morning. And I know you're going to say I didn't bring the sunshine. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'll forgive you because it's a beautiful, subdued morning. Mm. People are starting to trickle through the market. They're having a look around, um, getting their bearings again because we're in C-shed, not H-shed. Remember that, folks. Yeah, they're having a look around to see what's available. Mm. Uh, A lot of them have got their menus decided, so they've got their little lists and a lot of looking, looking, and which is very, very good. And a bit of pointing, pointing too. I want one of those. Uh, someone's being attracted to something over there. Could it be these very strange cucumbers that you uh, that you have, which I've never seen before? Yeah, they are um, new to Australia, or Melbourne at least. They've been around up in Queensland and New South Wales for a while, but they're very, very popular in Asia. Mm. Um, some call them dragon cucumbers or Japanese cucumbers. They're um, like the curly ones. So before we'd sell the long cucumbers, they called Telegraph. They're wrapped in plastic, so we stopped selling them. Yes. And then we had the Lebanese. Oh, have you really? Is that the reason yeah. why? Definitely, because you don't know how old they are. As uh, soon as you open them up, they can be uh, nice green on the outside, but yellow on the inside and no flavour. Yeah. So we sell the Lebanese. The Lebanese always reliable, crunchy, sweet. Love those. I think yeah. a lot of us have come to love those. Yes, but a lot of moisture, so you can't pickle them. So now they've got smart. When the long cucumbers are growing when they're not straight. Instead of culling them and throwing them, 
they put them in a bag and send them to us. Now, when they're young like that, even though they're not straight, there's no moisture in them, they're nice and crunchy, they're very, very sweet. You can eat them in a salad, you can pickle them as well. They will pickle. You can't do that to a Lebanese because a Lebanese will go soft and mushy. So these other ones... Wow, okay, that's, uh, that was a lot of information there, John. Not finished yet. I know, I'm then, waiting. Then, we're, then, we're, we're all waiting with bated breath. These, then what happened, John? We've got these cucumbers, which are like the curly cucumbers, but they've got knobs on them like uh, the dill cucumber or the pickled cucumber. Or if you think about those, uh, those lizard monster things with all those thorns on them. Yeah, they look a little why, bit like that. That's why some people call them dragon cucumbers. It's like a horny toad. Yeah. And and um, some it's of the, like a horny my toad. older Japanese lady customers, yes. they see them, their eyes light up. They lost their minds. They lost their mind. Yes. Not because it's a cucumber, because it evokes memories. That and they, they turned into eating. a five-year-old child again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, I've always said that when food evokes memories, there's nothing better. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, if we look at... Uh, mainstream uh, commodification of that, the Pixar, the ratatouille moment where uh, the food critic has this ratatouille and instantly gets transported. Yes, exactly. Or Proust with the Madeleine, if we want to go into that. Well, we don't want to go into that because that's 800 pages and we'll never get out. Um, We've got a magenta, a beautiful, beautiful potato. It is magenta. It's... uh, um, an ovoid spheroid. It's slightly squished anyway. It's, uh, yeah. It looks like a potato. Right? It, it, it is. It's from the, the Desiree family, I believe. Uh, and it's a very waxy potato. Ovoid uh, spheroid. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I need more coffee. We'll let you at Sunday. Thank you. Um, now, this potato is beautiful to make chips. Mm. Um, I don't what, like... What is it? Did we name it? Uh, Royal Blue. Thank you. All right. Now, I don't like leaving the skin on, but if you do, you get a beautiful um, colour when, you, when you've cooked your chips. Mm. Um, beautiful to bake, beautiful to mash. And then we've got new season Dutch creams as well. Um, I keep saying to people, they're a young potato, don't boil them too long. And if you're going to bake them, don't cut them too small. Um, for baking, I'd rather use an older potato where all the moisture's dried out of them. Uh, so they don't burn or sparkle when you fry them. Or split. Um, yeah. They can, they can split a bit when you, yes. when you bake them hard or roast yeah. them hard. Yeah, or you can be two minutes too late and burn the outsides of the potato. And, and that's because there's too much moisture in the potato. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, because um, I've been pondering that. We've, I've never actually remembered to talk to you about that at the market, but I love the Dutch creams, but that's something I do notice is that they are a little bit wet. Yes. Inside, yeah. But when they get older, as long as the potato doesn't go green, it can sprout. Sometimes you leave them in a cupboard, you might leave one behind and it's got a sprout that's about 30 centimetres long. Don't throw the potato away. Yes. That makes the best gnocchi, best um, baked potato. If you boil it, it may go dark, a bit starchy. Mm. But um, definitely don't throw them away. A lot of people do and that's wrong. When they're green, that's no good. No. But uh, as you said again, if you if you get that one that's gone a little bit soft and you can feel it, it that's okay to, to bake. It'll make a nice yeah. fluffy interior. Yeah. When I get all the old ones, I take them to my mum and I say, Mum, we don't eat gnocchi very often. And she say, all right, I'll make you some. Um, because they absorb the flour and not the water, they make a beautiful gnocchi. Can you um, tell us um, a question without notice? Uh, once you've made gnocchi, what's your favourite thing to put on gnocchi in your household? 
Uh, well, we're very state. It doesn't matter if we're having gnocchi or penne. A very simple ragu. Yeah. Um, Just tomato or meat? Uh, we, we're carnivores. Um, so meat as well. And, and meat, yes. Yeah, yeah. But even a very quick sauce in yes. a pan over the gnocchi or pasta, do it. A lot of basil and cheese. Um, yeah. So as a skippy, I'm um, just asking again, is this sort of like a bolognese sort of style sauce? Well, my family loves bolognese. I don't because mm-hmm. when I was growing up, the olden days they'd have a half-inch oil floating on top of the bolognese oh, sauce yeah, and, yeah. and that always put me off. Yep. Um, if you make it lean, yes. If not, we'll, we'll either um, braise some oxtail or, or some... Um, uh, asado beef ribs yeah. and, and make sure there's no fat in it and then put your tomatoes or, or your sauce and then make a beautiful ragu. And you can still get those cuts, folks, but then pull off the fat so that if you do invite John for dinner, he's not appalled at the way you've treated the uh, the sauce. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, last potato, which right. because we don't normally talk about potatoes, oh, wow, look at but that. Look, look at this. This look. This potato is not white. They're almost it, going to golden. It looks like they've got butter inside, better than the supermarket stuff. I was going to say a company, but it better not. Where you get the packet and it's got the, the, the liquid butter and chives over the potato and God yeah, knows yeah, yeah. how long they've been there. But these look like they've got the butter inside. It's when almost you, luminous. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you boil them, wow. they're beautiful. What uh, are they? Uh, I, I can't remember the name, but it's, it's a chat potato, very small. The size of an egg. And, and they're all conformed to one size, so they're, they're beautiful. And when we had the big ones, um, we were making Bushman chips with them. Um, I said before man size, but some yeah. of the girls don't like to mm, say that. Can't say that anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, away with a, that, a, a lovely potato, and they don't fall to bits when you boil them. Uh, you can boil the bejeevers out of them, but you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's our best potatoes for the week. Uh, sorry, did you mention the name of those two? No, I don't. But they're know the like name a of chat. This one. They are a chat potato, but I don't know the varietal name. A beautiful description, they saying it's like they're filled with butter. Are they they're luminous. They're gorgeous. How much is that bag? This one cost me a lot of money. We have to sell them six dollars a kilo. Yeah. Other potatoes we've got three, four, five dollars a kilo. You get a great feed out of that. Um, oh, that's the, over ten, fifteen, maybe there's about twenty potatoes in there. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah. And and the oh, where are they from? That should be. Uh, I think these came out of uh, South Australia. And that begs the question too. Out of all the things in the market, if you are um, shopping under fluorescent lights. The big thing that's missing in the freezers, in the fresh section, is potatoes, and there is, there are no potato chips in the uh, in the frozen food section. I don't know. I haven't been out to look because uh, we never buy them frozen. I know, I know. But I thought we'd we'd mention the, just the fact that uh, supplies seem to be down, and it's all due to the rain, and it's all due to. Um, uh, well, the end of La Nina and the stuff that's being affected underground. I was wondering, parsnips. Have you seen a lot of parsnips around? No, there's not, not a lot. We've, we've got some very small ones, but uh, there's not a lot of parsnips around. Mm. Um, yeah, you always need a pasta for a soup or, or mm. to chuck in a roast. But I thought they must be affected as well. Oh, Any, definitely, stuff because, underground. because they're nine months in the ground. Can I just stop for a sec? Stand by. That's okay. Oh, okay, we're good. Yeah. Um, Yes, so the carrots are lucky. They're still beautiful. Um, yeah. 
because they don't sit in the ground that long. Um, Dutch carrots, which normally do get affected by uh, residual water in, in the field, mm. are still looking beautiful, so we're lucky there as well. Yes, yes, so that's OK. Uh, mention must be made uh, that we always do this time of year, but passion fruit are getting cheap. Yes, I saw some before. I'm tempted to Six buy some. Six two or something like it was. My problem is that I hoe into them and the acid levels go up and it's not good, but mm. it's beautiful to make a... Um, a passion fruit ice cream or, or a drink out of them. So get in there and try that. Um, the other thing I noticed across the way there, uh, there's some really, really beautiful uh, bunches of snake beans over there for 350 those ones are. Yes, um, they they're a nice bean, easy to deal with. But some of them that come out of South Australia, um, don't do it for me. I don't like the flavour of them. Yeah. Um, I've had Victorian grown ones and they've been beautiful. My uncle used to grow them and they were a metre long. Hey. These are only about four, three to 400 centimetres, 30 to 40 centimetres long. Yeah, who said sizes and everything? <laughs> hey? Yeah, so, uh, g'day buddy. So get out there and try them as well. They're lovely to chop them um, into four finger lengths and fry them very quickly. They come up beautiful. Yeah, and if you want to really make it a statement to your neighbours, balachan. Yes. That's the shrimp paste yes, that, yes. They, that they use, and it's yes. like, it is, gives the best flavour. Balachan chilli, Malaysian style, sort of. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. Do you, do you make it hot too? Yeah. Bloody hot. Oh, yeah, it's Good. awesome. All right, pick of the market. All right, pick of the market are still tomatoes, even though our tomatoes are running late. There's no Doncaster yet. Mm. We've got lovely tomatoes out of um, South Australia. We've got all the beautiful heirlooms. Um, we've got golf ball-size um, uh, mini truss tomatoes on the vine. They're beautiful to eat raw or to make a ragu as well. It's almost like you specialise in this stuff. Uh, just a little bit, yeah. Um, but people have been jumping on the Rouge de Marmalade. Uh, we've got Rouge de Marmalade, which are the wrinkly ones. Rouge de Marmalade, no wrinkles on them. A beautiful soft skin, juicy tomato. Uh, you know, because people are still having salads and they're having fried tomatoes and eggs, I've been told this morning, which is what they're looking forward to. You name it, you can do anything with them. Everything else, peas, beans have been beautiful. Cauliflowers, I believe, a little bit scarcer. Yeah, broccoli is starting... Six, six bucks, that's yeah, right. Yeah, broccoli is starting to look a little bit prettier. It looked very ugly for a few weeks there. Get out, walk around, see what you like. There's plenty of citrus and mangoes are on the way out. And there's a lot of other exotic fruits out there. What else can we say, Cam? Well, the one thing we can say before we leave is that the, uh, the markets here are an alternative to fixed prices that you will have to endure at, uh, at supermarkets. We are living in a time of inflation, but the great news is if you come to the market, you'll find yourself a bargain, you'll be able to eat a little bit cheaper and well, develop relationships. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Come to the market. Now, tell us again, where have you moved to? What, what aisle was it? We've crossed the road of Queen Street. We're in Seashed. Yep. The organics are over in D-Shed. Yep. And um, we're a little bit 
we're still with the same neighbours, but a little bit in reverse. Yeah. So, you know, it'll take a little bit of time to get used to, but we're all together here in Seashed. Yeah, and if you're trying to um, reconnoitre yourself, uh, the one thing that'll be like a, a true light or a beacon is the American donut van. That has gone across the road, and what you've got to do is you've got to head a little bit north towards, towards Victoria Street. Yeah, Victoria Street, a couple aisles, that's I'll see. Uh, Robbie's still here next door. Um, you've got some Jenny's good. Still across the road, yeah, Stephen yeah, and Jenny. You, you still got good neighbours and there's good, good food. Neighbors, still good food. We're in heaven. Mm. You come to the market, you'll see a lot of stuff you'll never see in a supermarket. Yeah, like what was those weird cucumbers? Uh, dragon, dragon cucumbers and really? durian and stuff oh. like that. Oh my god, it's just fantastic. John, thank you as always. We got to go back to the studio because it's time for prosecco. Oh, beautiful. Have fun. Enjoy, everybody. Thank you. Melissa Brower, Prosecco Queen. Hello. How you doing? Excellent, thank you. I've missed you. I haven't seen you for way too long. I know, but here we are. Way too long. The uh, uh, If you have not met Melissa, well, then you're a poor, unfortunate human, but uh, you get a chance to hear her on the radio, and uh, Melissa has uh, made a part of her life, a good portion of her life, all about this... Sparkling grape, this uh, this this beautiful fruit in a bottle. We're talking about prosecco, and um, you came in. You wanted to do some facts, and you also wanted to spruik a festival that's coming up. Well, that is absolutely correct. Yeah, um, we All have right. the sixth annual prosecco festival, coming. and it's back. I know, so exciting. Yeah, twenty um, fifth of February at yes. the Abbotsford Convent. Say that again. 25th of February at the Abbotsford Convent. Yay. It's so nice. That's going to be good. So that's the Saturday, Saturday yeah? yeah. That's good. So you have um, Sunday just to relax afterwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unless you're me, then you're bumping out. <laughs> hey, getting there early and doing that. Um, so you've fun. had a long association with the convent as a place for a gig. I think there's... It's a great spot. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. And a gorgeous lawn area at the, at the back of where we hold all the tastings. So there's a huge, you know, area for tables and chairs and umbrellas and a little Van de Vino Prosecco bar and all the yes. food. We have also well, even... Um, Hang about. Did was, you say Van de Vino? Yeah, I know. Cute, huh? That's you, isn't it? It is. That's got you Little vintage caravan bar serving up the spritzes to the people. Yes. It's good fun. And then we've got a heap of different food. Um, we've got arancini art. We've got um, Il Panzerotto, the taste of Puglia, which is kind of like a calzone <laughs> full of meat and vegetables. Wow. We've got um, the Hamptons Bakery doing amazing toasties with Milua cheese, who are also coming and doing cheese platter. So they're kind of getting together and making these kick-ass cheese So toasties. they're not just sticking American orange cheese in there, oh, no. as we were talking about in the hamburger from the menu. No. No. North, Real northeast, cheese. Northeast Victoria's finest cheese. Absolutely. To yeah. go with Northeast Victoria's finest Prosecco. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, the thing that I love about Prosecco in this country, and you can maybe we'll fill in a bit of the gaps for, you know, the old country and the fact that the North underwent this huge transition where it was a tobacco-growing area and uh, the government in their wisdom said, thou shalt not grow tobacco. Mm. And so all these Italian migrants who had settled had to do something, did they Correct. not? Correct, in northeast Victoria, that's right. So it mm. was a beautiful little part of the world called the King Valley. 
grow root hairs off a matchstick. Exactly. I mean, the, the soils and the beauty of that place, especially around Ovens Valley is close to there yep. too, is it Correct. not? Correct, yep. I mean, they are some of the most beautiful farmlands mm. we have in this country, Stunning. I reckon. Yep. So it turned out to be the perfect place to grow grapes. Mm. Um, and Brown Brothers uh, originally were responsible for giving contracts to all these um, farmers saying, if you grow these grapes, we'll buy them because we need to make wine and we don't have enough grapes for yeah. all the demand. Yeah. So they were buying all the grapes from these um, families, yes. predominantly Italian families. And as time went on, these Italian These farmers Italian were going, families hang on a minute, why am I making Riesling when I had some amazing hey. cultural connection to wines in Italy like what a Sangiovese or, in fact, a Prosecco? How are we doing? Yeah. And then this went, is crazy. And now you've got Stop this it. amazing Italian um, sort of culture and hospitality and, and food and wine was, and it's just amazing. I was going to say this beautiful cultural imprint that yes. sort of that happened up there and another really beautiful migrant identity that has been allowed to flourish and then afterwards become absolutely celebrated and a part of our mainstream of Australia. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and we're, we're better as a country for this, I reckon. Well, I feel like I'm... I'm happy. I feel like I'm Italian in my heart, even though I'm not in my genes. I thought you were from Northern Italian. I, North yeah, of I the am. Po. Yeah, me, yeah. yeah. No, I actually even did one of those <laughs> DNA tests just to see if I could find a phenomenon somewhere. I was like... Please let me Please be Italian. Me. Please let me be Italian. Please someone from Piedmonte or something I'm like that. So, I'm so close, but it's not quite there. I, I'm like, oh, Devon, Cornwall, and Germanic Europe. I keep, I keep scouring <laughs> the, the map, seeing if they've found me anyone closer to Italy. I didn't even yeah. take Greece, but I was hoping for Italy. Yeah, hoping for Italy. <laughs> anyway, but um, you become the ultimate uh, ambassador for Prosecco. Well, it's sort of it's weird. I, I, you know, I want to ask the question of like, how did you find prosecco against champagne? But we've been doing this for so long. What do you think of the facts that are pertinent to let people know about this wine? So go over to you. So the things to know about prosecco, if you haven't tried it or you've tried it but you don't really know much about it, is uh, the grape that it's made from in Australia. It's the prosecco grape. It's not anything else it's called the prosecco grape it makes prosecco wine mm. um and it's characterized by being really light uh crisp fruity acidic it's not a wine that you put down and cellar it's the wine that you drink pretty much straight away and that's virtue by virtue of the fact of the way that it's made it's not made mm. for a long time it's it's here for a good time not a long time yeah um it's been outselling champagne for the last 10 years worldwide mm. um and i actually looked at whoa i well, know it, yeah. for 10 Years it's been outselling champagne. Can I put um, some in the glass while, yes, you, while, while you're doing that? Well, our amazing festival sponsors get close are to the microphone. Del Zotto. Oh, get close to the microphone. Oh, yeah, We've got to hear go. this front of the microphone. That's there you go. oh, yeah, hear that, there folks. It's hopefully the sound okay, of so jealousy. Okay, so it's not a cork, it's a crown seal because it's a King Valley Prosecco. And um, but mm. these is um, we've got the Del Zotto. I've got two different Proseccos for you to try today so you can compare the two. Yeah. They're our festival sponsor. They are the original first Prosecco in Australia and they've been making Prosecco for 25 years now. Is it 25 years? Yeah. And um, wow. they... The, the original Del Zotto, the, the patriarch of the family, Otto Del Zotto, who Otto I call Del the Prosecco Zotto. king, he 
is from Valdobbiadene initially, where Prosecco is from. So he's born and raised. He said he's grew up with Prosecco in his blood. Mm, oh, so yeah. you know, this, why, why would we not be drinking that? Yeah, um, and they're in the King Valley, obviously. The obvious comparisons that happen, uh, are, and again, folks, if you know about this, I know we're preaching to a lot of you are the converted, but the difference between Prosecco and Champagne uh, is that one Prosecco a lot of the times has less alcohol, so you can enjoy more of it, which is great. Also, the notes of like crisp apple and pears make it for. Something that is utterly delightful and and really delicious. It's very refreshing and it pairs with so many different foods. It's very, very versatile. It's amazing with like Thai food or Vietnamese food. It's really nice with, Mm. you know, the coriander and chilli notes. It's fantastic with chicken. That's because it's got that little bit of fruit, that residual sugar, which then helps with chilli. Absolutely. And that's if you take anything from this hour, um, wine... Beer that has a little bit of mm, something in there and chili, match yeah, made in heaven. Absolutely works, and, absolutely. That, and that's why the your really really dry wines will not work with chili flavors. That's why champagne is ridiculous with Thai right. food. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all about the sugar levels. Mm. So, definitely. Can I have a glass? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've been yeah. good. I've been passing around to everyone. There you go. There you, there you go, sport. There you go. There you go. Get- Melissa, thank you for dropping in. Um, congratulations on the return of the Prosecco Festival. It's been away you. for a little while because of a thing called COVID. Well, I never stopped. We had one every year. Okay. Just managed to sneak them in. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, uh, the great news is Alex is there next door. Hey, Alex, how you doing? He's, oh, he's ready to rock. You ready to rock? Yeah, he is. Indigenuity that is on next. Oh, uh, Andy, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. It was nice to see you pour the Prosecco straight into the mic. I feel like everyone at home yeah. and everyone in the studio. <laughs> and not on the desk, which is too. good, which I think it still think is illegal. Melissa, thank you again for thank coming you. in. Matt, thank you for looking over everybody's shoulder. Alex, we are ready for you to take it away. To you, my friend. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 